Hello again, everybody. My name is Tony Beeman, and thank you again for joining another edition of BlackInc.TV, where our mission is simply to inspire the next generation of Black entrepreneurs to simply think bigger and really go for it. I'm really excited today because my guest today is the incredible Marsha Jones. Marsha is a wine consultant. She is the executive producer of Journey Between the Vines, the Black Winemaker Story documentary. Uh, she's a script writer, host of Black Women in Wine Celebration, speaker, radio personality. Whew. She is the founder of Urban Connoisseurs, whose mission is to affect the sustainable growth of wine community by increasing the number of American winemakers with African-American descent in the United States. Marsha, oh my gosh. Um, thank you for, for taking the time to join us here on BlackInc.TV. Tell us about yourself. Where, where, where are you from? How, where did you grow up? How did you get into you know, uh, the, the wine industry? This is incredible. I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas, but my dad and mom moved there when I was young. Uh, Boeing brought my dad there. And so that's where I grew up. I did not have a passion for wine in my young adult years. I'll put it like that. Uh, it really came almost by accident. You know, and some of my travel, I uh, started hang this is business travel, hanging out with people who had wine every evening with dinner. And that was not my usual thing. And just through the course of that and conversations with some of those people asking, uh, are there black winemakers? Do I know? And at that time, no, I didn't know. And it started me on a path of research. And I found uh, Black Coyote, I found Brown Estate and Vision Sellers. Those were the three that I had found. Called them up, asked them if I could come visit, brought my sisters along. Uh, we went to Black Coyote first and was just in awe. This was in Napa of the hospitality first and foremost, but, and the wine. But uh, she had set up this spread along the creek outside, and we sat outside drinking wine, uh, nibbling off of a charcuterie board, and I just, I loved it. I, I thought, what amazing hospitality, what even more amazing wine, and then we never made it to Brown Estate because we had our appointment to Vision Sellers was so far away. We opted to go there. Uh, Mac McDonald was the winemaker and owner of Vision Cellars. He opened up his home to us. We had dinner in his dining room uh, and drank his wine. And I left these experiences. I think I was at a transitional place. I was just leaving, uh, working for a nonprofit for years, trying to debate, do I wanna go back into nonprofit? Do I wanna get back into corporate? Uh, but I decided I wanted to do something with wine and with black winemakers. 
at the time, I didn't know what it was and just joined their clubs and started to get to know them, you know, and then I uh, early on tried to start a wine club to no success, but uh, I brought the wine club back. So I have the wine club now. Uh, I did a little sales and marketing with some of the winemakers. Realized I'm really not into the sales and marketing because the wine industry is a very complex industry. You cannot sell wine retail without going through a distributor. And so you're dealing with a distributor. So you have to convince the distributor to take on these wines and help promote those wines. And a lot of distributors didn't want to help promote the wine. They were like, no, you sell the wine. We're just your staging warehouse. But they kind of still control a lot of that. And I just decided, you know what? This is not my gig. I don't want to do this. It's too complicated. It's too governmental, you know, because every single state has different laws governing wine and how it's sold and who can sell it and all these different processes. And each one has their own fees. So it's just really uh, something I just chose. It's not to say that I don't, I don't want to discourage anyone ever uh, to not get into that. It just wasn't for me. But one of my passions has always been conference and event planning. So I decided, you know, uh, let me let me really promote them through creating an amazing experience. And that's how I started doing the women in wine. I also do the men in wine. And I do, <laughs> and I know because people always ask me, well, what about the men? What about the men? I do the men in wine. I don't forget about them. <laughs> okay. You know, but I think the women have more fun. I'm just going to put that out there. We're going to see. Uh, okay. I'm doing a men and wine uh, event in October, October 30th in Seattle. So we're going to see Ooh, if they can down. have as much fun. I did the women in wine in Seattle on April 3rd. And it was just, a, it was a blast. It was a blast. The women were fun. They were so personable. Uh, I had an amazing chef who tasted several wines and created a dish for each wine in this four course dinner. And so it was just amazing. Just, yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna do it again with the men and see how it goes. But uh, I, I love creating those type of scenarios. I've done events just with one winemaker and taken four or five of his or her wines and created a five course dinner. And people love those experiences. I'm finding that personal touch, which is often the winemaker, is what hmm. people want. They want to get to know the story behind the grape. And it just makes so much more difference. So here I am doing that in, February, uh, every year now for the last couple of years, I've hosted a virtual winemakers summit and hopefully 2023, hmm. we can do it in person, but it actually has been very amazing uh, virtually. And that's all about 
the black winemaker. Participants can, you know, watch or basically and ask questions and give comments, but it really is a space for the winemakers to come together and talk about the business of wine. Talk about, you know, last year we talked about COVID, its impact, global warming, its impact, you know, how their business was faring and next steps and how to grow your business and what are your challenges around your wine club and increasing and marketing and distributing. It was really for them to talk about that amongst one another. And some of them didn't, hadn't met each other. You know, people just think, oh, mm -hmm. all black winemakers know each other. No, they don't. So it was an opportunity for them to meet, even though virtually, but to meet and share what challenges or, you know, great opportunities they've had, their business, how it has survived, what it takes to survive. And it was really a great summit. There were a few winemakers that uh, had registered that were new winemakers. The sister bought a vineyard in Nebraska. And so she joined and was asking questions of the winemakers. How did you do this? What did you do here? You know what I'm saying? She's new to the scene. Awesome. So it was just that great opportunity. And I want to do it in person because the winemakers are saying, we need to see one another in person and talk to each other and build our network. Some of them know each other, but you'd be surprised. A lot of mm -hmm. them don't know each other. So, yeah. That, that really is incredible that, that um, you, you are really an expert on the uh, great to glass experience. Yeah. I love that. And, and, and as, you're, as you're talking, um, I also, it made me think about, because um, I read that, uh, according to Statistica, there are almost 11,000 wineries in the United States, and, and over 100 of those wineries or brands are owned by um, African-Americans. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would have had no idea, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah. where are they at? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to experience the great to glass experience at <laughs> one of these wineries here, like you're talking about. That's incredible. And and, and therein lies the challenge because a lot of winemakers get into the business and some of the stuff they discussed at the summit, you know, a lot of them said, when I got in this business, I just wanted to make wine. I didn't fully understand how to sell wine. <laughs> and I wish, I know you think that that's such a simple thing. But a lot of them said, I wish I had known more about sales and marketing. A lot of them truly are wine makers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we think if I make it, they will come, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's just not so. If you walk into a wine store or a Total Wines and you walk up and down those aisles and you see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wine, you have to ask yourself, what does it take to get on that shelf? But even more, what does it take to get off that shelf and that retailer order some more? 
because if the average person walking in doesn't know, you know, all they know is, oh, I'm just looking for a Chardonnay. But there's like a gazillion Chardonnays and most people are looking at them by the label unless they're aware of a particular brand. Mm -hmm. And so well, it becomes challenging. And then you have these larger distributors that they oftentimes don't want to bring on a small winemaker because financially they want the big accounts. They want to be the mm -hmm. distributor for every total wines. And small winemakers can't produce that volume yet. So I won't say they can't because some of them have. You have Phil Long who owns Longevity Wines. He's now a national brand. He is in every single state. And it came from his partnership with Bronco that allowed him to increase his production. And, and Brown Estate, I believe they're in every state, you know, so these are the, really the only two wine, wine makers, not brand owners, but wine makers that mm -hmm. distribute on a national basis. Now you have brand owners, you have the McBride sisters, you have Mason Noir, uh, you have a lot of celebrities, uh, uh, Snoop Dogg, who's part of Prisoner Wines, Mary J. Blige, uh, she's come out. I'm not sure if she's completely national, but she's heavily distributed in the United States. And so, mm -hmm. but you know, they come out, they have probably more money to have a marketing team, have, you know, someone that's constantly out there. They probably have their own PA, PR team. And so, and I'm not knocking that. That's a great thing. You know, I just, when I started my business, Mm -hmm. I, I really said, I need to find my niche and what's, what am I passionate about? And my passion really is about the wine maker. There is something about them. They are artisans, you know, cause they're mm -hmm. in their lab, in their winery creating, but they have this amazing understanding and relationship with the earth. You know, you can't make wine and not understand soil, not mm -hmm. understand seasons, not understand vines, not understand pests and disease and oh, yeah. when to harvest and how long it should be in the barrel, you know. And those are the things that make the wine, not just I pay somebody. And again, I'm not knocking any brand owner, mm -hmm. but you know, African-Americans have this historical relationship with the earth that's tainted. Hmm. It's tainted in blood. And mm -hmm. if you talk to a lot of people, it's not positive because in their minds, we were laborers against our will. We did not profit from our labor. You know, the... Mm -hmm the landowner, the plantation owner benefited from that. And so the thing I love now about the new farmers is that they have control, which we did not have historically 
we we were told when to harvest. We were told how to harvest. You know, we were told how mm -hmm. to farm. We really didn't even get an opportunity to give that input. So now you have this power as a winemaker and owner of your vineyard. You control what's planted, when it's harvested, how the wine is made, you know, and so I feel like it's changed, it's helped us as African-Americans change the dynamic of our relationship with the earth. That, that is incredibly powerful. I, I did not so early, you know, I would not have ever tied those dots had you not broken it down like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I and mean, that, that is, you know, I mean, cause I'm here, I, I, I'm here about an hour or less, you know, from Napa, Sonoma and all that. And, and yeah, they're, yeah. they're farmers and, and, and you're right. When I, when I, when I, when I think of black farmers, it does bring up a certain connotation, you know, because of the history and, and yeah. the power that, that, that you have uh, is, is, is incredible. That I, thank you. It's all I can. <laughs> wow. You know. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, and we need to change that. We need to, our next generation needs to love this land. They need to love this land, you know? And I think you look at a lot of the, what's happening with global warming, Americans, and not just America, because it's happening all over. We've lost our love for this land. And so this is my small contribution of, mm -hmm helping us love our land again. Unbelievable. You know, I, I, I can talk to you all day. I want to be very respectful. <laughs> I know, I'm telling you, I can talk. Well, I'm, I'm done for the day, so you can talk. And that's why I said, I never I got to bring up to you, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we, we do have a couple of things in common. You know, I, I myself, I'm from Kansas. I grew up in Kansas. You know, you know, yeah, right outside of Kansas City you know, in, in Olathe, Kansas. Uh huh. And, and my oldest sister, she went to school at Wichita State. Spent definitely a lot of time Stop. in Wichita, you know. So and Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas? I'm Kansas. I'm from the Kansas side. Yeah, okay, I'm from, I'm from, okay. I grew up in Olathe, Kansas. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. I'm from I'm from Kansas. Get out of here. My dad still lives in Wichita. And that is the wow. only reason why I go back to visit because nothing <laughs> is happening again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I never, I never heard of no winemakers there for sure. There know. is though. There is. Oh, there we talk is about <laughs> a black winemaker. She is the first black winemaker. She has a winery in Wichita by the old uh, Union Station or the station down there. But she sources, so she doesn't have a vineyard. She sources her grapes, but she has her winery, her facility right there. And she sources her grapes and makes her wine right there. I want to be definitely respectful of your time. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, the great Marsha Jones. Thank you so much for everything being here for, yeah. for your, your, your knowledge. Uh, I, I'm Can I just away. say one more thing? Because Absolutely. I feel like I really need to share this as well. I have a scholarship fund that is managed by UNCF. 
And uh, this is our second year. We just gave away the scholarships uh, this spring. And uh, we started this last year. It's on our website to contribute, but we're actually creating a wine blend in partnership with Constellation Brands and the proceeds will benefit the scholarship fund. We're hoping we're gonna bottle this wine this summer. And so, but that's how we keep legacy going. We help that next generation uh, that are in school and learning to be the next generation of winemakers. Oh gosh, Marshall, you, you, you are the epitome of, of like giving back, blacking, thinking big. I mean, everything. I yeah, I'm inspired big time. Go get your wine. There's several. There's a few black winemakers in Napa. Thank you for the great Marshall Jones, all of your knowledge. You're welcome. And we look forward to seeing you on next time. I'm going to put my LinkedIn profile link here at the bottom. Hit me up. We'll see you next time on blacking.tv.